Hello and welcome back to just another football podcast with me, Danny Miller. And as usual, I have my faithful steed, uh, Mr. Josh Bettley with me. How are you, Josh? That is just about the nicest thing you've ever said about me. Yeah, well. Uh, so yeah. thank you very much. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm very well. I'm very excited. Excited to be back. Yeah. Woo! And with us for this new season of Just Another Football Podcast, we have Liverpool supporting Joey Pollard. How are you doing, Joey? I'm very well, thanks, Dan. Thank you for inviting me to join you for the uh, new series. Uh, it's a privilege and a pleasure uh, to listen to yours and Josh's bullshit for quite a while. Well, now you can join that bullshit yeah. and you can spout your own as well. And also we have Everton supporting Chris Nichols. How are you doing, Chris? It's right up the toffees, you know. <laughs> we're going to start off with talking Premier League today. Um, and we're going to talk about a little bit about the Premier League so far and about the big talking points. Um, so we're going to start off with Arsenal. Uh, and I'm going to go to you, Josh, first of all. Um, their meteoric rise to the top of the league did you see this coming, or is it a flash in the pan? Tell me about it. Uh, just as a quick caveat, I'm very surprised you've come to me first, as I'm our lower leagues correspondent, so uh, <laughs> I feel honoured. as the odd one out of our foursome. Um, I don't know. I feel like with Arsenal, it had gone on for so long. They're sort of promising so much and then just being mediocre most of the time. Uh I grew up watching Arsene Wenger Arsenal sides and that sort of got me hooked on football. So I feel strangely positive about their burst to the top of the league. How long it will go on for? I can't say. But I've enjoyed it. As a Liverpool fan, Joey, they've kind of... We'll get on to Liverpool in a bit, but they've kind of taken Liverpool's position in a way of challenging Man City... Um, do you think they can maintain this for the course of the season or do you think that um, they'll fall away at some point? I mean, personally, like I think they've got decent depth, but I'm not sure how much, like after the World Cup, if they can maintain that. I, even though, yeah, as Liverpool supporter, kind of Arsenal are, are going to always be rivaling us in terms of what they're looking to achieve with probably similar levels. I don't actually like mind the fact that they're doing relatively well for me. They're a fairly non-offensive side, um, apart from the fact they've got old Christie's blue nose mate in charge. Um, <laughs> but you know, he was he, he was a classic trust the process, and yeah. that's come to fruition. They've got a good young side. Um, they play lovely football, almost rolling back to, to Josh's reference of the the Wenger era. My concern for them is that they side is young and I think mate I think there are there are only two injuries at the same time away from from a fall down they've got a very good goalkeeper in Ramsdale but they've not got a very good second choice so if he ever got injured I think they'd be in trouble and then you got Odegaard who's finally showing why he was a 15 year old talked about so much mm -hmm. you know he's the skipper he, he's a lovely player he's a Rolls Royce of a footballer he's lovely to watch but I just feel he's what makes them tick and if he was to get an injury then I think again they'd suffer and I think with the start they've had mate I think I, I've no doubt they'll finish top four I think they'll, they'll definitely get a Champions League place but I just don't think they've quite got the experience to maintain a, a challenge um, unfortunately with the start that we've had the way that City are, the way Tottenham are, the way that Chelsea have been, United. Newcastle United. Yeah. I suppose you're talking about there. Manchester United, yeah, yeah. You know, the real United. Coming from a Liverpool supporter, disgusting. I, I, can't be, I can't see anything but a City title win currently, but Arsenal, yeah, they've impressed me and, and it wouldn't bother me if they were to, to crack on and challenge. I'd argue that any team that loses their first choice goalkeeper in the league are gonna struggle. Um, uh, I would I would counter argue that if you plan properly and you work it properly, like I'll use Liverpool as a prime example. Quevin Kelleher, I think, is probably the best second choice goalkeeper in this division. And then you've got West Ham, you've got Fabianski and Ariola, 
two excellent goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, mate, do, do you think there was a Kronko influence, the fact that they've, they've signed an American second-choice keeper? And therefore, it's a bit of marketability for them. Um, you know, get themselves who is, out there. Who is their second-choice keeper? It's the lad. He came straight from the MLS. His name escapes me. Is right it Matt now. Turner? Matt yeah. Turner. Matt Turner. That's him. Thank you, Josh. Um, but yeah, he's, he's American. US correspondent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks man. Never played in the Premier League. Won't get many minutes apart from Carabao Cup. Um, be interesting. You don't know. You haven't seen his, his ability. But it, yeah, the, the squad is good. Kelleher being the, the second best like the best second keeper in the league is a bold statement when Loris Karius is sat on our bench. <laughs> I was um, just about to mention <laughs> um Chris, uh your thoughts on Arsenal? Yeah, I don't reckon I don't reckon they'll stand the, the season. Like it's it's impressive the way they're looking, but exactly as Joe said, it's like they're like two two or three injuries away from it being like a bit shit. Um you know I think if Jesus goes down as well it's it's like they could they could be in problems. Um, Jesus is an interesting one because he hasn't actually scored in eight games. So, like, I I I do kind of get this argument because he does other things other than just score. But at the same time, I'm not entirely sure that he is like the holy grail of what Arsenal are doing. And Ketia, you know, is a great player. Yeah, and like I, you know. It, you're finally starting to see Saka's really coming to form as well the last couple of games. and um, But they're very much like playing on confidence, I think. Like they've started really well. As soon as they hit a hiccup, I think, like they are quite a young side as well. I just think the mentality might go a little bit and they'll have a bit of a sticky spot. What I do love about them is the fact that, you know, they've given Arteta the time to actually develop that young side because, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was like around this time last year where everybody was calling for his head and he was like the favourite as the next manager to go which you kind of understood because they were <clears throat> they were all over the place but they've actually stuck with him and he's looking, you know, he looks like he's got a really good team put together now. Yeah, and he's but, got the big calls right like the whole Aubameyang yeah. situation but mm, I would yeah. argue there's something similar going on at Man United at the moment yeah. with Ronaldo. Yeah, um, he, brought, uh, he brought Xhaka back in as well. Like I think Xhaka was ready to leave and um, he brought him back in and, and put him in the start lineup. got the best out of him. Um, but yeah, I just like I just can't see anybody other than City really, you know. Yeah. You know, Arteta's, Arteta's looking like a man who worked under Guardiola for all those years and you can't do that without having him all his experience come on, kind of rub off on him. And I'm sure a lot of his training techniques and his tactics are the same. And, um, he is at Everton as well, you know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> He's had to forget those years, mate. To get <laughs> um, so we'll stick with you, Chris, and we will talk about Liverpool. Um, they've gone up for sale, apparently, over the last couple of days. Um, what's gone wrong this season? I think it's, it's just like Liverpool are... <laughs> For me, they, they they are the ultimate confidence team because they have exceeded the actual squad that they've got. If you compare that, like the last couple of seasons, it's been them and City like out and out every year. Um, if you compare their squad on paper to City's, it's just not as good. Simple as that. But what they have going for them is just like confidence in like bundles, and that's what like Klopp's brought to them. You get players like, I know that Joe will probably disagree with me, but like, you know, the likes like Curtis Jones and players like that, they're good players, but, you know, not like world beaters. Um, And it seems like Liverpool have that ability of getting players just playing way, way above the level. I mean, obviously, you know, you take out the likes of Salah and players like that who are world-class. But, you know, Fabinho, for example, he's a really good player, but, you know, the way he plays for Liverpool is just like above and beyond where he should be. The same at like Jota as well, I reckon. Um, so they've always done that. And I just think that for whatever reason, they've lost a bit of that confidence at the start of this season. And other teams have kind of worked out how to play against it. And they're just in that like shell-shocked position. Um, but I think it will come back again for them. And as soon as they develop a bit of a confidence and they get a couple of wins under their belt, they're just going to be that like unstoppable force again, which is mm-hmm. frustrating to say, but <laughs> it's just the way, it's just the way they work, you know, and it's the whole like Anfield thing as well. It's even like feeds off 
the like the crowd and the fans like Liverpoolians are always so confident as well um, and it just feels like everything about it the confidence has been sapped out of the whole club and um, they'll find it again like they're, they're not, away not, for not in, not in time to mount a title challenge like but probably to get like Champions League so where are they finishing ah like third okay um, yeah. Their away form has been terrible. Um, their first win away was uh, at Spurs at the weekend. Um, is that something? Obviously, they lost to Nuts Forest as well. Um, can we, just, can we just say as well that it's like Salah's second goal, right? That is exactly the kind of goal that Liverpool just get all the time. It's like, <laughs> was it Eric, Eric Dyer just <laughs> shaking his head? Eric Dyer is just like, <laughs> head, it, head it back. Oh. Go on, Joe. Well, I, I, you know what? There's not actually a great deal I, dis- I disagree with Chris over. Um, what we've found over the last few years is that we've had a manager who has brought out the best in the whole squad. So, yeah, we've kind of got players that, from an outside, people might think they're playing above their level. But I also think you have to give credit to, to the coaching team in terms of that. Take the example of Simicast. You know, we signed him and within 12 months, Klopp's got him playing at a level that when Andy Robertson's injured, he comes in and he, he basically does exactly the same thing. But he changed the game against us at Anfield. Yeah, he's, he's a tremendous player. Chris's example of Curtis Jones is is one that I would probably use. We've got... I was, ch- I was chatting to it about a mate of mine at work the other day and what I was saying... If you look at our, our team, our squad, and compare it to City, who should be our biggest rivals, you know, over the last few years, that's how it's been. It's been a straight up race between us and City for the title. And this year, I think the only players that get anywhere near their squad, I think you've got Alison Edison, which is one and the same. You know, you, you pick either one, you can't argue with it. Van Dijk, despite the fact that a lot of people are saying he's not the player he was, I think he still gets in City's team at centre-back. Salah, he's just one one of the world superstars. You'd pick him for any team in the world. But then the biggest difference, I think, mate, out of all our midfielders, which used to be a very strong area for us, Harvey Elliott is the only one who I think will get an, a sniff of being anywhere near City's midfield. We've got players now that haven't got the energy to to pursue the system that Klopp wants to employ. Got Fabinho, got Henderson, got Milner. Thiago, as gifted as that player is, unfortunately, he struggles to stay fit. When he's in, he's absolutely absolutely superb. But our midfield, mate, is is leggy. And I think that's showing us the pressure on the defence. Another thing that that we find is that, apart from, from the game... Anfield against Rangers in the Champions League where we did change the shape and we played a different one with two defensive midfielders and then a three and a one. We've we played the same 4-3-3 and we just change, we tend to put the same player, sorry, different players into the same system and we don't ever adapt and Chris mentioned it before that teams worked us out, teams worked us out halfway through last year and we've therefore struggled when teams have just gone, look, this is how we play against you. And they've done us, you know, we lost to Forest and we lost to Leeds. But, as my mate Mr Nichols said, I also think that if we put a little run together, I have no doubt that the season will be absolutely fine. And I, I still think we'll finish top four. Um, it might be fourth, it might be third. And we've we've had a tough draw against Real Madrid. But I think, we've again, you can't discount us for the Champions League because you know we've got such good recent history in the competition that I think... That's the way that this season will go, and we'll qualify for the tour for next year's. Either way, if we get taken over, and if we get taken over, like some during the World Cup break, then a new owner, what's the first thing that they like to do? Kind of splash the cash a little bit. Um, and my first bit of splashing the cash will be go to Dortmund and give them an open check and say, "Fill in your price. We'd like you Bellingham to come, please." Uh, and I think that transform the midfield. I really do. Josh, you're smiling at that. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, something else crossed my mind uh, that I was going to ask Joey. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. Go and get Jude Bellingham because he's amazing. Um, go on, what were we going to ask That's him? That's all I'm going to say about him. He's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, how do I put this without sort of losing a friendship? 
<laughs> um, football, Josh, looks all fair. An elephant in the room for a lot of people is Trent Alexander-Arnold and whether the criticism he gets is fair or unfair, do you think his best position in that team is right back? Because for a long time, a lot of people have said maybe he's a midfielder filling in at right back. Okay. Um, do you think maybe moving him into midfield could solve the leggy solution as a like long-term sort of changing his position? Are we talking about him as like playing in the system that Klopp's playing, which is that three in midfield? Or are we talking yeah. about him further forward in that kind of like Salah right-hand side of the attacking three role? I'd probably, I mean, personally, I, I think, think he's fine at fullback in that system, that 4-3-3, but probably for argument's sake, the right of the middle three. Go on, Joey. Just um, a curveball. I think it would be interesting to see. Um, Absolutely sitting on the fence. No, no, no. 20 minutes in, on. 10 minutes into the on. record, sitting on the fence. I will carry on. <laughs> but all you have to look at is the amount of assists he's got from the position that he's employed in to think, well, why are you going to change that? Why would you move him out of somewhere where he has provided so many goals into a position that he's never played? It might be something you, you don't know. We don't know what's going on inside Jurgen's Jurgen's head, and I think that he's he's with us for the long term, and I think Trent's with us for the long term. So it might be part of some grand grand plan that they've got. But at the moment, mate, if you've got someone with that ability who can put a ball on, like like some of the passes he did against Tottenham. He was pinging his usual crossfield passes, you know, 50, 60 yards straight onto someone's foot. If you've got someone who can do that and has provided that many goals from that position, why would you change it? And the modern fullback, modern in inverted commas, of how they are supposed to be, if you think about a back four now, is essentially a back two with a defensive midfielder who sits in. Modern fullbacks, their job is to attack, and then they talk about their defensive as a secondary thing. He's just having a bad season defensively. He can defend. He's just out of form. Players are allowed to be out of form. He's still incredibly young for the amount of goals, uh, the amount of games he has played. And what he's achieved in the game at his age is outstanding. He's having a blip. Everyone's entitled to it. Go go up to, to, to Dan's team. Their midfield. They've got a, a Brazilian in there with dyed blonde hair who designed as a striker. Which one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, who was awful but his ability is there and he was having a blip and now he's absolutely outstanding he's an absolutely superb player and he's key to their team and players just have out of form moments and Trent will be absolutely fine but in terms of midfield option it would be interesting it would be interesting to see if he could do it because he might not be able to even with his ability playing the centre of midfield is very different to playing at fullback. So, I don't know, mate, is, is the short answer. I, yes, um, yes, I would like to see it. Whether we will see it, I don't know. I was sort of happily sitting on the fence with it all, leaning towards, oh, I don't know if he's a defender, but then Klopp, I can't remember what the quote was word for word, but he said something to the effect of, I play Alexander-Arnold not because I'm worried about losing, but because I believe in us winning. Yeah. Or he gives us a better chance of winning, and that sort of swayed me in the argument because yeah. he contributes a lot going I, forward. I think I think Joe's right. I mean, like what you said about somebody who's been playing in that position and has got the numbers and the statistics that he has and in the system that he has, like you wouldn't change it. You're not going to. It's just like I think he'd struggle struggle in a different side because they don't play the same kind of system that accommodates that. Um which is why he's always like an issue with England, I think. But you know, his actual forward play is like phenomenal. And you're right. He's absolutely right, uh, Joe, because, you know, players are allowed to be out of form for a bit. It happens. Like he's had like four or five seasons of being like, you know, getting numbers that are right up there. Um, and yeah, he's just having a bit of a poor time as, as with everybody else in that team. And like I say, they're all confident players. As soon as the confidence comes back, it's like, there'll be one force like going forward again. Um, so, yeah, like, I wouldn't change his position. All right, so we're going to fly through this next um, little section. Um, so, obviously, we couldn't um, we couldn't 
do a podcast without mentioning the team that sat third in the league at the moment, which is my team, Newcastle. Um, obviously, looking, um, obviously, you guys are looking from the outside in. You know, we've had the takeover and we've done really well with signings. Um, but Josh, I'm going to go to you first. Looking from the outside in, what are you seeing? Uh, <clears throat> I'm seeing a club that for a long time um, were put their fan base through, well, not purely for footballing reasons, due mainly to the man who owned them for a long time, were put through the emotional ringer. Uh, was it two relegations you had to endure? Yeah. yeah. I think it was two. I don't want to... Don't want to it was two. It was two. <laughs> but you threw it one again raffle, unnecessarily. One revolution in there as well. One revolution in there, yeah. Uh, didn't happen at Everton. <laughs> um, you know, whatever the circumstances behind this takeover have gone and got a manager who has deserved a chance like this and they've then recruited unbelievably well and look set to potentially upset the apple cart and challenge the established order. Mm -hmm. um, what I would say is that, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about how much money we've spent. Um, but on the flip side to that, I would say that six out of the 10 outfield players that played at the weekend were players that Steve Bruce had as well and I think you were right you're right about Eddie Howe he is he has improved every single player in that team Sean Longstaff got man of the match on Sunday he's you know been long ridiculed by Newcastle fans he's a very you know Marmite player I would say but he was unreal on Sunday and the you know Joey mentioned Joe Linton before Joe Linton has been stuck out wide for the last two games because he can't get into that midfield of Longstaff, Willock and Bruno. Who is, Bruno is just on another planet. He's um, he's probably the best player that I've seen in my lifetime in a black and white shirt in terms of like footballing ability. Um, Joey, what about you? What do you think about what's going on up north, proper north? Uh, similar to, to Josh, um... I don't, I don't think you'll be able to sustain it this season. Um, I would agree. I think there's there's going to be a point where you will go through a little bit of a rough patch. Um, a lot of that, in terms of your season ends, will be when it happens and where you are at the time. Obviously, um, interesting to Josh's point about Eddie Howe deserving a chance. I don't know where I sit with that one because I don't really know what he'd kind of achieved to, you know, everyone talked about him, you know, deserving a, a big job, so to speak. He kind of, yeah, he got Bournemouth in there and he kept him there for a while, but you don't gonna, really know. I'm going to go to our lower league correspondent for this because I feel like Josh has some words to say on this. <clears throat> um, yeah, that might have been a rash statement saying he... But I, th I think his body of work with Bournemouth displayed a clear talent for management. And some of the, I know they pulled off some like quite notable victories. And as you can probably imagine, I've sat and watched a lot of coaches' voices videos on YouTube for all those football tactics. And, you know, he, he has just thoroughly impressed me. There, so. there, must, there must be something about him. I, com I completely agree because as Danny alluded to in terms of they've not you've not gone bonkers, you know, when he first got taken over and there was to talk about, oh, we're gonna sign Mbappe and we're gonna do this, that and the other. That was what media, he, by the way. Of course it was, yeah. But what, what yeah. you've done is I think quite interestingly and quite sensibly is you're looking like you're doing a staged revolution. As in you're signing the players for the now. Like last year, you there was a chance you were gonna get relegated still. You had a very comfortable finish, but you know, who would have said, we're going to get taken over by Saudis, we're going to have essentially unlimited money and we're going to go and sign Dan Byrne from Brighton. Mm. You know, something like that. Who, but who has been unbelievable, by the way. He has, we'll yeah. Get onto him in a bit. And it's therefore like, okay, so we're signing players for the now. The Geordies live for that club. They live for the results. So to see what you're achieving this year, even if it's, even if it's hope, you know, it is yeah. that, but it's incredible, isn't it? And it's good to watch, but I'm very... It's an interesting project. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and Just I, going, I, I, related I, slightly back to Liverpool, 
<laughs> just in terms just in terms of the fact that yeah you know apparently we are up for sale i can't see anything but a similar project going on in terms of anyone who wants to sustain a, a, a top four club is it's oil money essentially it's going to be an emirati you know saudi probably owner um so again it, it you know might see what what happened with that in terms of money being spent yeah, I think it is an interesting project. I mean, we're, we're going to talk a lot about Newcastle on this podcast inevitably when we get into the, particularly into the second half of the season. But um, I'm like every Newcastle fan. I just don't want a relegation battle and top eight is a success for us. Where we are right now is like, I, I, I haven't quite got my head around that we're going to go into the World Cup and on Christmas Day, I'm going to look at the league table and we're minimum going to be fourth. That to me is just like, and not fourth from the top, not fourth from the bottom. I, that's what I'm used to, basically. Um, Danny, what, Danny what, what do you think about your January? Do you think if you are in the top four, which you're going to be going into the transfer window, where, where do you think you're going to go in terms of that? Um, I think that they'll back Howe. Um, I really like... Well, over the summer, it wasn't a secret that we were after a right-sided forward. Um Almiron's form has been unbelievable. It's not sustainable. I'm, I, no, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that because I've watched him for so long be terrible, that everything he does is an accident. So, like, that goal against Fulham, I was like, he surely not. Surely didn't mean that. And then he scored seven and seven, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, this guy is just... Yeah, I, I don't quite believe it, but... I would say that that's where they're looking. But now I think that we genuinely are like looking at a process. I know people, I'm going to say the word process about a thousand times on this podcast, on this podcast, but it is a process, you know, let's move on anyway. Um, we just want a couple of words on this, on the, on the, the next couple of topics. I know we can talk forever about Everton, Chris, but please. Oh no, we can, we can keep it really quick. Okay. Go on then. Like we're shite. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that's basically it. Lampard's doing a better job than last year, um, and we've looked slightly better in places. We've looked a bit more resolute, particularly with like Tarkowski and Cody at the back, which is like you know the build. You know the building blocks of a better side come from a better defense, and we've been better defensively, but we're still garbage. We can't we can't attack. I'd have taken fifty million for Gordon in the summer. Don't know why we didn't. Yeah, we can't really attack very well. The defence is better. So I think we'll be down there, but I don't think we'll be as in relegation dire straits as much as we were last year. I do think it will still be like relatively touch and go and we'll be down there around like 14th, 15th come the end of the season. So um, who is going down, Chris? Who is going down? Yeah. Um, like Forrest, I think. Yep. Oh, um, I think Villa might be down there as well. Like... Even after their win at the weekend, uh, and, yeah, and Emery yeah, coming in, yeah, I just, I just think it's like, and have they got a manager now? Yeah, Unai Emery's gone in there, yeah. Oh yeah, he has. <sighs> okay. Even so, that's a weird one. What was that about? I do remember that. Yeah. Weird. What about you, Joey? Teams to go down. Yeah, well. uh, Forest. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Southampton. Oh, yeah. there's a shout. There, guy. I would agree. Yeah. I know they've just got rid of, of Hassan Hutzel. And then I, I, I go Wolves, mate, as well. Um, mm -hmm. If you're not going to get relegated, you need one player to score your 10 to 15 goals. And then if everyone else can pull together, you've got a good chance. I don't think Wolves have got that person. They're a bit of a Norwich, aren't they? Like, look at, wasn't Pookie Norwich's top scorer last year on six goals or something? And I think he got four in the first seven games or something ridiculous. Yeah, I think <laughs> two of them were against us. Yeah, this so... Is my, this is my worry for us, Joe, because, like like you say there, like, Everton don't have that player. No. At all. Like, you look at it and it's like, where are the goals coming from? Um, Lampard, Lampard would say that Calvert-Lewin is that player but I, I've never yeah, been a Calvert-Lewin fan he's just not that good I think Bournemouth might be down there as well um, yeah. I think they're they're just prime yo-yo team at the minute yeah, um, definitely get dragged in definitely what about you Josh relegation um, I think Leeds as well might could but Leeds he's brilliant Le just Liverpool 
Yeah, Leeds are a bit of a funny one, though, aren't they? Because they'll pull that Leeds game out of the bag, but then I wouldn't be surprised if I clocked on and saw they were 3-0 down at half-time in their next game. Mm. Agreed. They yeah. are... They're what, almost... what I like I like Jesse Marsh. I think he's a, yeah. I think he's got a lot about him. Um, again, a classic footballing cliche. be interesting him to see, not to use your club as, a, as the prime example, Dan, but if you sent him somewhere where he had a bit of money to spend, that might be quite interesting to see what he could do. But... Yeah, I don't disagree with your leads. They're such a hit and miss side, aren't they, Josh? Yeah, and this might sound awful, but uh, Jesse March has actually changed my impression of him because I just remembered when Bob Bradley came and managed Swansea, and everyone just used to like look at the TV and think, "What planet are you on?" Oh, he was my—he was one of my favorite managers ever, mate. It's like <laughs> just he had that like American overconfidence of just like saying the damn obvious. Um, but with a really like mystical look that made that made him look like he knew what he was talking about. There was a game where I think they lost five nil, and it was like their seventh loss on the bounce. And they were like, "Bob, what's going on?" And he just kind of went like, "You know what, man? We've we've just got to do better." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I love it. I <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, then. So I'm going to go around each of you and I want uh, two words from each of you. I want the first word to be your player of the season so far and your second word to be the eventual winners. Uh, let's start with you, Joey. Title winners? Yeah. Yeah, City. I don't think anything's going to change. Yeah. Um, I could be really boring and just go winners, City, best player, Haaland. And that's probably what I'm going to go back to. So I might just cut out the crap in the middle. Uh, Chris? Yeah, it's, it's definitely that, isn't it? I think City will win it. And yeah, Haaland's just been unreal, man. Um, you, you know, you can't score that many goals in, like so quickly and ignore it. And what was it? Like he took like eight games to get three hat-tricks, was it? Yeah, yeah. and the next fastest like, was Michael Owen. Owen, yeah. 48. So, I mean, you, you just, you can't ignore that. It's no. I know it's it's so damn obvious, but that's like... That's simply it. Um, what about you, Dan? Uh, Man City, obviously, winners. Um, my player of the season so far is probably another obvious one is De Bruyne. I just think yeah, he's the best. There's a lot of um, people talking about um, Valverde being the best midfielder in the world, but for me, De Bruyne is just on another mm. level. Um, all right, then, let's move on. We're going to talk a little bit about the World Cup. The England squad is going to be announced on Thursday. Um, so we obviously are going to kind of see who we think is going to go. Um, there are a couple of outside chances. There are also a lot of injuries in the what would be the kind of first 26. Um, Josh, as our resident uh, England f- fanatic, I don't think any of us any of like me, Joey or Chris are necessarily that bothered about England outside of tournament football. Um, unlike you. Um, so tell uh, me, I've already got us, got a squad with squad numbers here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute fucking. Did you wear your suit to make that list as well, Josh? Um, <laughs> no comment. So <laughs> we all know probably who, I mean, the shoe-ins are like, uh, we're talking about Kane and um, mm-hmm. and and I would say that, you know, Pickford, uh, Maguire, they're, they're, they're all going to go. Who are your wild this is, this card suggestions? Sorry, sorry, Danny, that's what frustrates me. The fact that Maguire is like a one of those, oh, well, he's obviously going, he's deep, it's shoddy. Yeah, no, I, 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 so I personally don't think he should. I've got a really interesting point of view on this. I think, Southgate's dug himself a hole because no one else can play that left-sided centre-back role in the back three who's yeah. who's played more than 15 minutes well if you well yeah yeah okay if we're going on the logic that you know Southgate picks his trusted lieutenants we'll call them sorry for the military uh, lingo couldn't help myself um <laughs> So, because we've now got these 26-man squads, my argument is, why don't you just pick your regular 23 who would go and then just three players who are completely out of the box? 
Because you don't need 26 go-to players. Okay, so that's an interesting one. Who are your three? So my three would be, um, based on form at the moment, James Madison yep. would be in there. I'd probably take Ivan Tony, given that he has no England caps, so he falls into that bracket. Uh, and then my other one is less based on form, more based on I don't know if he would have made an original 23, but probably Trent would be my three. Okay. Mm. If I, That's based on Walker and James being fit and being taken, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so you're taking Tony, are you taking Wilson? Uh, yes, he would be my backup option to Kane. Okay. Right. Did you Correct just have to get answer. that into check before you cut Correct me off? Correct answer. <laughs> uh, Chris, let's go to you. I'd, uh, like an outside the box one, like a, the pretty rogue call. I really like that Jacob Ramsey as well. And I was saying Villa are garbage before, but I think he looks a really decent little player as well. Um, yeah, I suppose like it's James Madison agreed, but I think he definitely should go. I don't think he's really an outside the box kind of option at the minute. I would say that he's probably just a, He's not necessarily out of the box because his form is so good, but he's outside the box because Southgate previously has not necessarily been a huge fan. And also, England play a completely different system to what Leicester play. Madison's yeah. been playing through the middle. He, he, he won't get that opportunity with England. Mm. Like, maybe that's why he's an outside the box, but his form is unbelievable at the moment. His form is unbelievable at the moment. Yeah, he's so he's so good. Um yeah, I'd definitely be taking him. Um, I mean, he's probably, sorry, just jump in, Chris. He's got that thing where a load of the top defenders have never played against him either. Mm-hmm. So they probably wouldn't know what he's going to do. Uh, what about you, Joey? Uh, just to continue the Madison conversation, I think that he should go. Um, I think Josh is absolutely right that similar with Maguire, that Southgate digs himself into these into these holes in terms of, um, players that he trusts and he has this theory doesn't he about they've never let me down um, this will be one that, that Chris will relate to where Pickford was making ricket after ricket um, for a, a period of time but he was still getting picked for England because Southgate was like he's never let me down um, so Maguire I, I, I said like when when they were talking about you know it's X amount of games and Maguire and this and it was like if you if you've got Martinez and Varane that are both fit Maguire is he's not going to play between now and the World Cup how, how can you pick a player who's not going to play for his club side which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous I feel like that um, about Calvin Phillips yeah uh, for it, me Calvin oh, Phillips yeah, doesn't go no, no he, he doesn't, shouldn't but he absolutely. probably will go on Chris. No, I, I I agree. Yeah, he he shouldn't be going. I wasn't really a fan of him in in the um, you know, the other summer with with the Euros. Anyway, I mean, I thought that the stronger like it was Declan Rice who was the strong part of that midfield rather than Calvin Phillips. I think Calvin Phillips was kind of like coattailing Declan Rice, who is really really good. Um, does a great job for them. It's like you've been saying about like Southgate and you know just his chosen couple. It's uh, like it frustrates me so much that Maguire is one of them. I just think he's terrible, yeah. um, and there are better. But it's it's kind of tricky with the centre backs. I don't think we don't really have any of those like old. You know the way it used to be like Terry Ferdinand and the likes. Mm-hmm. We don't really have anybody like that at the minute because like even you look at the likes of like Stones. Stones plays in a City team where they don't really have to defend. He's also not that great a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It's I I wouldn't even know where to begin with with who's applying defence for England. Um, I, I was just going to go back to this in terms of wild cards, wild cards, whatever you want to call them. I would say I'll take Tamori and I would take Gay. I'll take them both. Um, yeah. You've got Tamori. I know whenever he appears on in the Champions League games against English club, he, he doesn't excel himself. But the man's just played in a title-winning side, and he was one of the most important players in the title-winning side. And he's good. You know, he kind of he took his his chance, didn't he? He was one of those people um, like uh, Lamptey at Brighton and Gallagher to an extent. You know, with him leaving, and and, and now he's back in their first team. But 
people who realised he weren't going to get a shout at Chelsea, so there's no point hanging around. And he took his chance, he's gone to a different country. Abraham, there you go, there's another one who went, went to Rome. Um, I would take... I would take Tamori and, and Gay, and I will, and I would play him. I would play him both. If Walker's not going to be fit, and if Southgate is going to insist on playing his three, then I would play Gay, Tamori, and Stones. That would be my my starting three. Okay. Would you take Would you take like Ben White or anybody like that? I'd take Ben White for his versatility now, mate. But I think a lot of it depends on whether Walker and James are fit. Um, James James is supposed to be fit again. Yeah, I did hear that this morning. James would be one of my first on the list. Um, but I think it's just I think he is supposed to be fit for roughly the start of the tournament. But he'll be coming into it on you know you know he'll need to redevelop match fitness and he won't have played in a fair few weeks, which is a real shame because I, he's a frigging unit. He's yeah. class. Yeah, he would be my first choice. In terms of complete wild cards, um, just going to Josh's, basically having a, a, a three free hit in the squad. Anyone, anyone consider Marcus uh, Edwards from Sporting Lisbon? Man's playing Champions League football. I, 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 I don't even I don't even know who this is. <laughs> when this season, Champions, what's Champions League football? <laughs> Twenty-four games, eight goals for them. Yeah, playing football, playing well. So how how young is he? Is he he's English? Yeah, he's 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 capped at under twenty level. Yeah, um, he left Tottenham to to go to sport. I think he left Tottenham yeah. to go to sportism. Yeah. He scored against him didn't he, in the Champions League recently. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Just like yeah, just a complete wild card. There's not many people by the Portuguese who are going to know a great deal about him. Chuck him in. You don't necessarily have to have to play him. My last wild card suggestion for a tournament, whatever it would be, like four or six years ago, was take Nick Pope, take him for the experience. Yeah. Not even if you're not going to do anything, like your third choice keeper, you're not really going to use him. So take someone who's right, get him in amongst the squad. So it might be something. And for a cynical point of view, in terms of, I don't know if he does even qualify for anyone else. Give him those few minutes. Give him a cap. Then he's he's tied down. Then. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he would be my complete wild card. So I have eight players on a list here, and we're going to go around Josh, Chris, Joey, and I want a yes or no to these players to go, please. Connor Gallagher. No. This is a podcast, Josh. Sorry, I thought you wanted it all at the same time. <laughs> Chris? Uh, no. Joey? Yes. Interesting. Harvey Barnes? Hang on a minute, Dan. You don't. Do you not give an answer? Um, no. Like I'm thinking. I don't take him. No. Harvey Stand Barnes. by list. Stand by list. Maybe uh, Harvey Barnes. Mm, better options in his position for me personally. Yeah, Chris. Uh, so no. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Joe. Not a chance. Uh, not for me. No. Uh, Jared Bowen. Josh. Hmm. <laughs> No, standby list. Or is that yeah. sitting on the fence? Yeah, no, I'm not picking him. Chris, I'd take Jaron Barron. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd take him as well. Yeah, uh, not on current form for me. He's been poor this season, really poor. He's letting my fantasy team down. I'll tell you that for free. Can't <laughs> <laughs> just transfer him out. Well, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, it just shows your management skills. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, Ryan Sessegnon, Josh. Uh, interestingly, I've written his name down uh, the other day and we don't really have anyone else to play on that left-hand side who's left-footed So is that other than Shaw. So he's certainly in my thinking. So we'll go, yeah, we'll, we'll go bold. I'm going to go yes. Chris? I'm going to say no. Uh, like, yeah, Shaw, I think Shaw will start there. And he's played them. Um, you know, he's played what's his name, Trippier at uh Trippier at, at left back before, which I reckon there's a good chance he might slot him in there again. And I'd rather have him in than Sessignon. So no. Uh Joe. Uh Chris has basically said what I was gonna say word for word. I think Shaw's gonna start and Trippier's gonna be the second choice. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, although he's a bit wasted there, that you could put Saka in there. Uh so Sessignon for me is is nowhere near the squad. He's not even in the conversation. No, not for me either, um, because I would take the next guy, and that is Big Dan Byrne. Josh? What, to play at left wing back? Well, to play to be that left back cover. 
<laughs> sorry. Not left um, wing back. <laughs> uh, he's not in my squad. I'm sorry to offend you, but he's not in my squad. I'm not he angry. Was on I'm the, just he disappointed. He was on the Form 11 that I sent you the other day, though. Yeah. He was, yeah. Chris? Um, yeah, I reckon I would, just purely because there's... But I know that he probably won't. I would, because there's defenders that I would drop that Southgate will definitely take. But, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Joey? No. Wrong. Uh, James Ward-Prowse. Josh, yeah. yes, I know. Yeah, 100% in my squad. Chris? 100%. Yeah, I could go on for ages about him. (laughs) Chris? Nah, I hate him. I hate him. (laughs) He takes an an okay set. Welcome to just another football podcast. (laughs) He's he's, he's rubbish. Also, way too... And right, in there before the jokes about like, well, just because you're jealous, right? But too much fringe flicking. I like to be honest with it. (laughs) Uh, Joey? Yeah, 100% he goes for me. Yeah. I think his his creativity is, again, different to what we've got in there in terms of Southgate in his... He's a two defensive midfielders, which I think more prowls can do, but he can do it with a little bit more. So, yeah, 100% I would take him as well. And and he's a club captain, so he's a leader by that logic. I... The team that we've said are probably going to go down. (laughs) He looks after ruin everything, doesn't he? Yeah. Captain, <laughs> Captain I, goes down with the ship. I don't take him because I think that we have... I would only take him as a set-piece taker. I don't think he's a good enough midfielder to play in the in, to play in that England team. And I think that we've got... I think Trippier is as good of a set-piece taker as him. And that's the only right. reason that I would take him. Come on then, Dan. While we've got you on that, he's not he's not good enough to be in that position in that team. Who is? Who's who well Be- I, if it's gonna play those two holding midfielders, who are you going? Well, Rice, Rice and Bellingham. All okay. day. Rice and, and Be- Bellingham all day. And then who's your who's your next choices then? I mean So we've established Phillips isn't gonna go. I mean Walter Moore Prowse isn't gonna oh. go. I, 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 I think Eric Dye is gonna go. And I Fist. think Eric Dyer will play in there. I, th- I think he will get picked. I think he will get picked. I wouldn't take him, but is I think he will get picked. Yeah, I th- yeah. He's. I think no, he's. A, as a whole, he's playing a holder midfielder. No, there's not. I read a quote. This will be before you and Josh were even born, and if we can attribute this to Eric Dyer. It was actually about there's a slightly different spelt um, surname, Bruce Dyer. They asked a Crystal Palace fan for their quote of the season. And his quote of the season was, he said the lad in front of him said, Bruce Dyer couldn't be more appropriately named unless his Bruce his name was Bruce absolutely fucking useless. <laughs> and I think we can relate that to Eric Dyer as well. The man is crap. Yeah. Eric Dyer is absolutely garbage. Yes, I'd be like, it's never mentioned, like you'd be taking Henderson now. I think I mean, Henderson because Southgate likes him. He'll do that. No, but I think, like, regardless of Southgate liking him, I'd be taking Henderson anyway. And yeah, in, in that holding midfield position, yeah, I, I agree with Danny that you'd be going for uh, Bellingham and Declan Rice. Like, and I think Henderson, Calvin Phillips Henderson is a great option. He probably will, but Henderson, for me, is the other option there. And when, you know, Josh, you're saying about like club captain and stuff, yeah, he's Liverpool club captain and they've won a lot as opposed to Ward Prowse, who's garbage and playing in a garbage Southampton team. And like Danny said, he can only take the odd free kick. I hate him. He's got a punchable face as well. Like, he does. Actually, can, can we just can we just go on, off on a tangent? I know that you're running this show, Danny, but like... He, well, is this going to be players you'd like to punch? You've got yeah, two minutes. Sure. You've got two minutes before we have to before we have to move. Punchable on. face, most punchable faces in the Premier League, right? Um, Phil Foden, George he's, he's number one. I no, you'd be punching Phil Foden before anybody. Harvey Elliott would get a smack as well. James Ward-Prowse. Those those are my top three um, punch in the face. This is a proper <laughs> scouse conversation. This like. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's up there. Yeah, Mason. Okay, he would get a smack. Mason Mount. Mason. Oh, definitely. Oh no, he's all right. He's grown on me. I used to think he was one of the most overrated players I've ever seen, but watching him now, been terrible this season. 
Last nah, couple of games, yeah, maybe, but I like nah, him now. not for me. Yeah, I think I think he's still got a punchable face, like, but he's, so, I think he's a good player. So just to just to round this last bit off, we do need a yes or a no only for this one, and this is a wild card, and that is uh, on the on the um, idea that Walker and Rhys James are not going to go. James, Justin, Josh. Uh, if Walker and James are both injured. Who will sneak in as Chris. the next man on the list? James, Justin. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. If if those two, but I think both of them will. I think Reese James will definitely go. I think I heard news today that he was going to be okay from injury. Um. So yeah, I suppose if that was the case, then yeah. Cool. Enjoy. Uh, if Walker and James are injured, still no, because I think he will take uh, Trent. And obviously you've got Trippier in there, and I think Ben White will take that next spot. So I don't think he will take him, though. England's chances. Um, What, uh, Josh, to start with, are we saying, are we we looking latter stages of the competition, or are we being realistic? Uh, As you know, nailed on winners. (laughs) Hand on heart. Um, If we win it, I'll probably... If we win it, I'll probably be doing a like naked streak or something because I get way too into it. Um, <laughs> realistically, I mean, if we don't get out of that group, it'll get sacked. I think. Yeah. Uh, although they are three banana skin fixtures, I read an, I read something that the Ir- Iranian national team are going to have been together for six weeks or something because a lot of their players play at home, so they've like pulled them all in a training camp. And then Wales and USA will get themselves up to play England, but we should top that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go quarters, I think. That's a sort of realistic shout. Cool. Uh, Chris, what about you? Yeah, I'd say about that. I think regardless of us getting out of the group or not, I think it will be Southgate's last hurrah. Um, I think they'll give it to somebody somebody else or look for somebody else to start building. Because I just think it's like... You look at the the squad that England have, and particularly some of the attacking players, and it's like the system he employs and everything like that. I think doesn't utilize those players correctly, you know. And um, so I think that will be it for him anyway. Even if we get to like the quarters or something like that, which, like Josh says, I think that's like quite a realistic aim. I think we'll get through the group. Um, I, I don't know who we're in line to play in the last sixteen. If that's the case. Um, um, Senegal or the Netherlands or Qatar or I mean, the other one in their group. The Netherlands would be a bit tricky or Senegal would be tricky. But I, I mean, like, yeah, I'd, I'd say quarterfinal. I don't think we'll be anywhere near the, the, the semis or the final. I, I, yeah, I just think there are far better teams. Mane up against Maguire. Ugh. Exactly. I, I say, when I say there's far better teams, it's not actually based on like <clears throat> squad list. I just think it's the way that we're playing. Um, yeah, so I think I think it will be they'll give Southgate this, and then he'll probably step down. I think they won't fire him. He'll he'll step down and be like, "Ah, oh, I've done all I can," um, and it'll go to somebody else. Maybe Eddie Howe. Absolutely not, Joey. Um, yeah, in agreement with with the two boys. Um, especially what Josh said. I think like you, you look at our group on paper, and we should get out of it. But both US, we've, we've seen it all before. And Wales, yeah, you know, you could, you could, you could definitely see us drawing with America, and then, yeah, we had beating Iran, and but needing something from that Welsh game to to go and do it. Uh, quarterfinals, yeah, I think that's probably realistic. Anything above that is a, is a bonus. And I also agree with Chris that I think it will be Southgate's last hurrah. It will be his last tournament. Either way, I think if if we do well, he'll probably go out on a high, and if we don't then he'll leave because, you know, the the expectation is always there with the England team. And if he doesn't make it, then um, unfortunately that's it. That's him gone. Um, uh, so in terms of this coming tournament, um, I want a country from you all, please, uh, on who is going to win it. And I will kick us off and I'm going to go for Brazil. Josh. Uh, I'd be inclined to agree with you mainly because I've looked at their squad list and gone, holy crap, they have a lot of good players. But also I think the heat might come into it. I know they're playing games at more favourable times of day, but I think the climate's going to suit them quite a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, And it's been a while 
Brazil won it and they've won it more than anyone else. So, yeah, yeah we'll go Brazil. Yeah, Brazil will be my call as well. I think Argentina will do well. Um, and you, Joey? Going to make it a full house, mate. Yeah, in Brazil. The, oh, um, the big well. thing... The big thing that jumped out for me, you look down their list of defenders and central midfielders, and since they last won it, that's probably where they've been lacking, like quality defenders and quality players in the like middle of the park, and they've just got options all over the place. All right then. So we've got two things to finish us off in the final part of today's podcast. And the first one is where you three or whoever's on the pod pod that week, go up against each other in what we call zero to hero, okay? So zero is a player from the weekend that, or something that's happened at the weekend that you think is shit. And then hero is something good. So that might be a player or a referee or, you know, something to do with football that has been good over the weekend. Josh, you've played this game before. Um, and we put it out to our Instagram followers, of which there are many and will be even more over the coming weeks and months. You can vote for yourself, but that is cheating. Um, so, Josh, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go around our zeros first, please. Uh, so the person I'm going to nominate uh, managed to get himself sent off with his side winning, and then they went on and lost. So my nomination for the week is Nelson Semedo of Wolves because okay. they'd managed to score two goals and Joey mentioned earlier that they're struggling to score any goals at the moment and having scored two goals, he got sent off and then they lost. Fair enough. Uh, let's go to Joey next, please. Uh, zero would be Eric absolutely fucking useless. Fuck <laughs> um, <not> mine. <laughs> um, because... He just is, and I think he's found out he's a terrible header. Um, so he was my zero. And my hero is uh, the boy Somerville from Leeds. Um, oh, again. A couple of late winners in, in consecutive weeks. Um, he's, he's doing things, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he turns out. He you know, scored a winning goal against my club and then got a winning goal at the weekend as well. So yeah, Somerville from Leeds is my hero. Go on then, Chris. Uh, that was like... Yeah, my, my zero was going to be Eric Dyer because that's just unacceptable. Um, I'm, in which case, now at a loss, I'm going to have to pick one of my own boys because I just, I, I hate us. Um, so, and, ah, <laughs> oh, no, come on. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Garner Gay for us because um, as much as I was excited about him coming back, I think he's been rubbish since he's come back. He's given the ball away loads and he's given away goals. Um, and yeah, he's been pap, and I think he even got injured at the weekend as well. Um, so yeah, but it should be Eric Dyer. All right. Well, who's your hero then, Chris? Um, you're gonna have to go round to Josh while I think of one. All right, go am on, I Josh. Allowed, am, am I allowed to change my answer because in the last five minutes, Set Blatter has uh, gone on the record saying awarding the World T- World Cup to Qatar was a mistake. Well, my if change. I if I was going to be playing this game which I'm not because I'm impartial, obviously, unless it comes to Newcastle United, um, then uh, mine would have been uh, UEFA and Sepp Blatter because I saw that story before we okay. started today and I just couldn't Excellent. believe what I was reading. I've, uh, I'm going to go a little bit maybe out of the box for my hero this week, someone who gets a lot of hate, I think, but has proven themselves a consistent Premier League performer. Uh, and for a goal and an assist in an away victory, I'm going to go with Wilf Zaha. Ah, okay. Often uh, vilified. Yeah, interesting one, Josh, because he's out of contract, isn't he, this summer? Mm. certainly is. And I heard a nice little link with him going potentially to Arsenal, which I think would be an outstanding move for both parties. Yes. Um, your yeah. hero, Chris, then? Oh, right. Okay. He's not a current player. Okay, but it is football related. Okay. I'm going to go for Tony Adams. Right? Oh, this <laughs> is a great shot. <laughs> because, yeah, it's a, right. I know, come on. He, he's, he, like, to be fair, he's making a tit of himself every week, but in a way that he's just like, ah, it's fine. He's, he's like, taking it on the chin and he's giving it a good go. And, um, 
yeah, fair play to him. So Tony Adams. I'd so, probably rather rather have him at centre half than uh, Harry Maguire. Exactly. Yeah. Up. My my hero this week would be Eddie Howe on his one year anniversary, <laughs> um, taking us from nineteenth to third. It has it has to be. Well. If that's all, uh, then thank you very much for joining us. If you want to join the conversation, then tweet us or Instagram us or whatever. Hashtag JaffPod. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at JaffPod. And remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify now. You probably know this because you've already fucking listened to the whole fucking podcast. Should have said that at the start, really. Um, but yes, thank you very much, gents. And we will see you all next week. Next week.